Welcome to Rom Commentary. I'm Kendall. And I'm Haley. We're cousins, friends, and rom-com superfans. While we have very different experiences with this genre, we both love it and want to take the rom-com seriously in a way it often isn't. We're using our backgrounds in film and theater analysis to break down these movies. So without further ado, let's get into this week's rom-com. Once again, living in the era that seems to be our favorite in this podcast. It really does. The early 2000s, we're back again, this time with Wimbledon. Yes, we're again living in 2004. I don't know why we keep coming back, but we do. I guess this was a good time. Yeah, 2003 to 2005, we're like just all the movies from there. Let's just keep them coming. Wimbledon, 2004. Yeah, I would say a lesser known rom-com. Definitely. And let's talk about it. Yeah. Okay. Wimbledon released September 17th, 2004, rated PG-13, a runtime of one hour and 38 minutes. Here is the premise or synopsis. A pro tennis player has lost his ambition and fallen in rank to 119. Fortunately for him, he meets a young player on the women's circuit who helps him recapture his focus for Wimbledon. Yeah, I guess. That's not how I would have written it. No, me either. That makes it sound very Manic Pixie Dream Girl, which will come up again later. Mm -hmm. But that isn't wrong. It's not wrong. It's just, I think I would have focused on different elements. Me too. Uh, Written by Adam Brooks, Jennifer Flackett, and Mark Levin. Brooks wrote and directed Definitely Maybe, and he wrote Bridget Jones, The Edge of Reason, and Practical Magic. Directed by Richard Longcrane. This is his only rom-com. Produced by people who have produced a handful of Mm rom-coms. About a Boy, Notting Hill, Bridget Jones, Love Actually. There's a trend with those movies. Hugh Grant. (laughs) And this movie originally had Hugh Grant in mind and intended for the role. Interesting. This movie ended up starring Kirsten Dunst and Paul Bettany. Yes. I think this is a good time to point out. They have an 11-year age gap. Mm kind of weird but it doesn't feel that crazy in the movie even though that is a big age gap what works i think is that's not dissimilar from their character's age gap yeah they're not hiding it and they i think it's kind of acknowledged in a way just by the setup of she's the young rising star and Mm -hmm. he is like the flailing end of his career guy right yeah Yeah. he's 31 i believe they say in the movie the character is So old. So old. (laughs) So old. Um, Interesting. Okay. A budget of 30 million. Gross in the US was 17 million. 12.9 million in the UK. And then worldwide, 41.6 million. This is the lowest grossing movie we've done so far, Mm -hmm. aside from Palm Springs, Holiday, and 10 Years, which is obviously different they don't really they have regular have theatrical numbers. releases 10 years did but it's like such a it's an indie movie it's a different it's not the same yeah. it's a different thing so this has a gross of 41 million when in rome 43 the duff 43 fever pitch 50 just friends 51 the backup plan 77 i point this out because mm-hmm. the backup plan is one that we really did not yeah. enjoy and it grossed way more than this movie almost double Mm -hmm. so just something interesting to point out here's a quote i want to share with you 
This is from a Roger Eber review, which if you don't know, Roger Eber is like the the critic of film critics, right? Yes. Wimbledon is a well-behaved movie about nice people who have good things happen to them. That's kind of startling in a world where movie characters, especially in sports movies, occupy the edge of human experience. What a surprise to hear conversation instead of dialogue and to realize that the villain may actually be right some of the time. And he rated the film three out of four stars. So this is shocking to me. I wouldn't think that the review on Roger Ebert for this movie would be so positive. Yeah. But I really appreciate it. It made me happy. Uh Uh-huh. It's like, great. Okay, cool. Um, Just odd. I don't quite know what that villain sentence is talking about. Is it... (laughs) Um, what, what villain well, is in this movie that's right sometimes? Perhaps her dad? In that okay. he said, you yeah. should step away, and then she lost the match after he didn't step away? Okay. Maybe? Yeah, sure, but, like, yeah, I, I agree that that makes sense, but I also am just confused by that quote still. Like, I don't quite yeah, get it. Yeah, I don't get it either, but, like, if I had to explain it. Then, yeah, that yeah. makes sense. Some more information for you. This was filmed at the Wimbledon Championships in 2003, which I believe is the first time that ever happened. Mm-hmm. So that's I was actually cool. I was going to ask you were if there. You, <laughs> I was actually there as a toddler, just like hanging out at Wimbledon. No, I was going to ask if you knew if it was actually mm-hmm. at Wimbledon with the way that the crowd shots were. Yeah, so they did film there. I don't know how much. Mm-hmm. Um, I also read that the line outside to get into Wimbledon was not actually Wimbledon. It was the London Zoo because it looked more interesting. I think that's what the quote said. And I meant to I meant to look for it watching the movie, mm-hmm. and I forgot to. I forgot to see it. But apparently the London Zoo entrance, fantastic. Hopping. Fantastic to see. <laughs> My favorite piece of trivia that's something I've told you before and is really fascinating and I I love to share because of how we feel about rom-coms, how we feel about Marvel, Mm -hmm. the whole thing. Okay, Haley, what movie started the MCU? The one we're talking about right here. Exactly. (laughs) Wimbledon is a part of the origins of the MCU. So in this movie, if you have been paying attention, Paul Bettany is starring Mm -hmm. in it. Also in this movie... John Favreau. John Favreau directed Iron Man, mm-hmm. which is the movie that like actually started the MCU. Yeah. But just give us the give us a chance here mm-hmm. to explain. John Favreau directed Iron Man. In doing so, in creating that movie in the year 2008, mm-hmm. he remembered working with Paul Bettany on Wimbledon. Yes. And Paul Bettany then was offered the role of Jarvis in Iron Man. So this movie is a part of the origin story of the MCU, which I like to tell people all the time. It is all the time. Yeah, and even if you're not willing to accept that this is part of the origin story for the MCU, which, like, you're wrong, it is. It is. But if you're not willing to accept that, you can at least accept that it is definitely part of the origin story for my favorite MCU project, WandaVision. Yeah, because if it weren't for Paul Bettany Mm -hmm. getting into the MCU by playing Jarvis, he wouldn't have ended up playing Vision, Vision. which it's really cool that he's played two roles in the MCU. And there's lots of really fun Paul Bettany stories. He's a great person to, like, do a little deep dive on. Yes. Really fun. There's a girl on TikTok, and I wish I pulled up her handle. She does a deep dive onto Paul Bettany's Instagram every month. Yes, I've seen her. Yes. Highly recommend her content. Yeah. (laughs) He's he's really fun. I really love him a lot. 
Uh, Peter Colt's house in the movie is the same one that they used in Notting Hill. It's William Thacker's house in that movie. Very interesting. Gonna just note that you said that for okay. in a moment. Very good. Um, I wanted to point out some of the Marvel people in this movie because it's kind of crazy. Mm-hmm. Kirsten Dunst was in Spider-Man, mm-hmm. pre-MCU Spider-Man, yes. but still, she's Mary Jane. Paul Bettany is Jarvis and Vision. Mm-hmm. John Favreau directed Iron Man and other Marvel movies and mm-hmm. plays Happy Hogan. I believe that's his name? Yes. Okay. And then also, not MCU, but still Marvel, is James McAvoy. He's yes. in the X-Men series, and he's in this movie as the brother very interesting to have this many superheroes in our little rom-com. Mm-hmm. Pretty fun. Now, you may be wondering, this story takes place at Wimbledon. Wimbledon's real. Is this story real? No, it's not real, <laughs> but there is a tennis player, a professional athlete named Goran Ivanasevic, and he has a very similar story to the movie. He's the only person to win men's singles at Wimbledon as a wild card. He won in 2001. Previously, he was a runner-up in 92, 94, and 98. And before the 2001 tournament, he was ranked 125th, and after, he was ranked 16th. Fascinating. I know nothing about tennis, aside from, like, some of the names of, like, the famous Mm -hmm. players. So, to me, that seems crazy, and I think it's crazy. Yeah. Right? That's nuts. Yeah. Really cool. I love it. I love a little underdog story, and I like that there's a real one kind of behind this. And timeline-wise, that being in 2001, Mm -hmm. it totally makes sense to me how that would inspire this. Yes, absolutely. On to Rotten Tomatoes. I shared a Roger Ebert review, and so that might lead you to believe this did really, really well with critics. Um, No. It did okay. It did 61. 61% with critics. That's pretty good given our track record with Mm -hmm. rom-coms. 57% audience. Shocking to me that the audience score is lower than the critic score, but that happens all the time with these. We're always confused by these numbers, Mm -hmm. and we just say, okay, whatever, and we move on. Landscape. I have read the same list to you so many times now. Yes. I'm just going to give you the top grossing very quick. Ready? Yeah. Shrek 2, Spider-Man 2, The Passion of the Christ, Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban, The Incredibles, The Day After Tomorrow, The Bourne Supremacy, Shark Tale, The Polar Express, National Treasure. There we go. Rom-coms of 2004 that are on the list, and I'm going to mention. Mm-hmm. 51st Dates, The Princess Diaries 2, Along Came Polly, Mean Girls, 13 Going on 30, Shall We Dance, A Cinderella Story, Raising Helen. This is One of those year. is going to come up for sure later in a shocking way. Oh. Or maybe not shocking. Interesting. I wonder we'll if you saw out. what I saw. We'll get there. We have called this in the past the year of youth. Yes. This is an era of youth. This is an era of men. We had Mm -hmm. Fever Pitch, Hitch. Those ones are all kind of in the same, like, 2003 to 2006 zone. Right in that sweet spot. This movie, I think, is an important part of the conversation when it comes to a Mm male-led rom-com and when it comes to the way that youth is portrayed in movies. Totally. And I think that those are... Yeah, those are themes that are going to keep coming up as we have this conversation. The other theme of Europe also comes up again in this movie, which is such a random little theme, but it pops up and it's fun. I think it made a lot of girls like our generation want to travel Europe one day. Not quite sure if that was like part of the tourism campaign. I don't know if Europe really needs a tourism campaign. (laughs) It was effective, I think. It was very effective. Okay, let's get into our questions. Haley. How did you experience this movie? Well, you already know the answer to this. I sure do. Um, For the audience at home, though, I watched this movie with you. 
for the first time. And um, we were having a little slumber party. Mm-hmm. And it was, we should watch a rom-com. Actually, how about we watch three? Let's start. <laughs> oh my gosh, I don't remember that part. Um, Very on brand. Yeah. We watched... She's the Man? Mm, no, so that was a different sleepover. night. <laughs> sleepover. Um, this one was this movie, the one with cows... And someone like someone you. like you, yeah. Wow, I brought out my favorites. Uh huh. Yeah, and it's the one where they're the women like all found out that the same man is cheating on all of them together. <gasps> the other woman. The other woman. What a fun little game we play. Yes. Yes. Those are three <laughs> common recommendations I make. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they all serve different purposes. Oh yeah. Someone great in Wimbledon have something in common, which is that. A lot of people don't know about them. Yeah. They're like under the radar movies and it's kind of unusual. I think that's part of why this movie had a low gross. Mm-hmm. It kind of flew under the radar. I asked my mom, I was like, do you remember when this came out? Because you were someone that was paying attention more than I was. I was a child. Yeah. Were you aware of this movie? No. She was not aware of it. She didn't remember seeing anything about it, mm-hmm. which made me think, oh, was it a UK movie? No, I don't. I think it was UK and US. It didn't. Like, it, yeah. it just kind of flew under the radar. It's kind of unusual. How did you see this movie for the first time? This is kind of a weird one for me. I found it on my own in junior high or high school, somewhere in there. A lot of these movies I found because my mom watched them or my mom introduced me to them or recommended them. But like I just said, she didn't know this movie. Yeah. How I found it, it kept popping up on IMDb. <laughs> I would watch movies and then this would be in like, more like this, or you would like this, or yeah. try this next, similar to this. This movie came up all the time. And then I read the premise, and I love the celebrity love story trope. Yes. That's really fun, and I really love it. So I was like, oh my gosh, this is so perfect for me. I can't wait to watch this. I'm going to go find it right now. Mm-hmm. Nowhere to be found. I couldn't find this movie for years. Finally, I found <laughs> it, and I watched it, and I really liked it. Which, the question next is, did you like it? Yeah. And I was shocked because mm-hmm. it took forever for me to find the movie. I had all this anticipation, this buildup. I can't wait to see it. And then I went into it thinking, oh, I'm not going to like it. I'm going to be let down because I've had somehow years of anticipation for a movie that came out <laughs> like a decade ago. Mm-hmm. And yet I still really liked it. Yeah. I love this movie. Mm-hmm. And it's fascinating to me that it's so under the radar. I know. It's odd. Yeah. This is like... This is another movie where I'm like, go watch it. Yeah. Like, yeah. Go watch this movie. It's good. Yeah. And it, in some ways, feels like a rom-com that a film bro would like. Yes. It has some <laughs> elements of, like, little baby feminism, but also, like, it's a male story. And mm-hmm. there's a couple, like, very male moments, you know, like, yeah. sprinkled throughout. There's also, it's like, the way it's filmed feels mm-hmm. a little bit more like a cinematic Yes, totally. Than, like, the, like, fun bubbles that we often get with rom-coms. Totally. It has an intro that I think... It's it's got like that um animated-ish intro, title yes. sequence, whatever. And we talked about the one that they did for the backup plan, I think, that was horrible oh, and just yes. very like yeah. over the top cheesy rom com y not great. Mm-hmm. And then this movie had a animated intro, and yet it was cinematic in a way. Like it felt more real. It felt mm-hmm. like a real movie, almost to the point of like, oh, am I watching a rom com or not? 
which it's weird that the title sequence can have that effect, but it sets the tone it of totally what you're watching. It does. And my first note as I was watching it is, oh, it's the early 2000s. Yes. Because of the font that they chose for the intro sequence. Yeah. Yeah. You can spot certain things and you know where we are. Mm-hmm. Okay. Most iconic or quotable line or moment. I'm really curious what you have here. Yeah. His car really stands out to me as an image that I remember in my head. Mm-hmm. Um, also, I think the way that tennis is filmed in this movie is really iconic in that we oftentimes, the shot will be from the perspective of the ball. <laughs> iconic. Be the ball, as be they say. Be the ball. Be the ball. But it like felt like something special about this movie. Yeah. And then there's a line in this movie that is... Love means nothing in tennis. Fantastic line. Love means nothing in tennis. Zero. It only means you lose. Right? Incredible line. And then I looked at it and I was like, I don't, as I said, I know nothing about tennis, mm-hmm. aside from names of players. Well, what, everything I know, I learned from Wii Tennis. Perfect. <laughs> A great place to learn. Oh, yeah. A great place to learn. And that's what everyone says. It's, everyone agrees. And everyone has always said that. Yes. I looked up what does love mean in tennis. Mm-hmm. Love means zero. It means, like, the yeah. score is 15 love, it's 15 to zero. Yes. I had no idea. I'd heard it a bunch of times, obviously, mm-hmm. but I had no idea what it meant until I looked it up today. Yeah. Yeah. A great line in there. I love that So one. good. Yeah. The, the things I wrote down are different. I wrote, <laughs> when he yells 11th about his ranking, he yells it at the ladies at the country club. Yes, I have that in funny moments. Yeah, yeah, he was ranked 17th and he Mm -hmm. shouts 11th. It's the first time, it happens three times Mm -hmm. where it goes 15th, 17th, 19th. So like his ranking is getting lower in the gossip. Yes. Yeah. I love it. That's Peter Cole, the new pro. Once ranked 17th in the world. 11th! One of the other ones is when he says, lovely kitchen. (laughs) So he accidentally gets sent to her room instead of his own room. They meet and then he tries to leave. And instead of going out the door, he goes into the kitchen and then comes out and he says, lovely kitchen. (laughs) And it's just this cute little awkward kind of flirty moment. Like, what does kitchen mean? Kitchen, like it's meant as like an innuendo, right? Mm -hmm. To say like, lovely you, like you look lovely, you're beautiful, but instead it's lovely kitchen. Yes. Oh, lovely kitchen. And then when he introduces himself to her on the tennis court, he says, Peter, Peter Colt. And she says, nice to meet you, Peter, Peter Colt. Forgotten me already? God, no, you're the lady with the lovely kitchen. Uh-huh. Lizzie Bradbury, right? Uh, and you're? Uh, Peter, Peter Colt. Nice to meet you, Peter, Peter Colt. The double name And then it comes significant. back later. They mm-hmm. do it again when they're, like, pretending to meet each other. Mm-hmm. at a party yes he says peter peter colt yeah in a different like tone that mm-hmm. like you know he's in on the bit now who's your new friend are you gonna... oh, you haven't met yet hi i'm lizzie pizza pizza colt the peter peter colt the one and only oh i've heard a lot about you oh really nothing good there's some really cute little callbacks in this movie that are really fun and sweet and they give you a little extra something as the viewer mm-hmm. and they make you believe that they're really like a couple uh-huh. Right? Like, there's a lot of moments that make you think, oh, this is deeper, this is more real, this is more significant, this is bigger. The other one I wrote is my 1221, which is the room number. They're, like, talking about the room number. This is 1221. Mm-hmm. It's my 1221, your 1221. 
this weird little thing. So that number comes up. And I, when they said it in the movie, I was like, oh, yeah, I remember this. Yeah. And for some reason, I was like, oh, yeah, this is really important. Like, the 1221, they, like, go back and forth a lot. Eh, not that much. Like, it happens a couple yeah. times, but not as much as I re- thought it was going to, watching it again this time. What are the tropes? You mentioned the celebrity trope, mm-hmm. which it is, but it's different. Yeah, because normally we, when we've talked about it, it's the celebrity falls for a normal person. Mm-hmm. This is two celebrities, but he's a very different kind of celebrity. He's mm-hmm. not really that famous anymore. It's also like they're famous in the tennis world. Yeah. So they're like, they're at Wimbledon. And so this mm-hmm. is kind of their week of being big celebrities. Yes. Yeah. This is yeah. their moment. One of the other things we already mentioned, it's male focused. Mm-hmm. It's a male perspective. We see plenty of her perspective too. It's yeah. a pretty even split, but we do start with him, mm-hmm. right? Like we start with him. I've said before, who you start with is important, and then who you meet first. Mm-hmm. With 27 Dresses, we meet Kevin before we meet George, and that mm-hmm. tells you Kevin's our guy, not George. Yes. That's not a hard and fast rule, but it's a pretty good indication, especially with a rom-com. Mm-hmm. Right? The other thing to point out in terms of perspective is we do get voiceover in this movie mm-hmm. quite a bit, mm-hmm. and it's always his. It's yes. always inside his head. Yes. And as someone that has said many times, you're not a fan of voiceover, how did you feel about it in this movie? Because you love this movie. I, yes. I love this movie. It feels different to me because what my issue because is. Because he's British? Well. <laughs> <laughs> um, what my issue is with voiceover is it feels like an exposition cop-out. Mm-hmm. Is I'm like, come on, you can be more creative with the expedi- exposition. Don't just give me the main character explaining who they are. Yeah. In this movie, the voiceover is used as a, like, device to highlight his tennis anxiety. Yeah. And I feel like it actually serves the story to see inside his head. So I like it better. Yes, that makes perfect sense. And I agree with you. I, I too, noticed this voiceover felt different to mm-hmm. me. And it didn't feel like a cop-out. It didn't feel weird. It just made more sense to me watching the movie. And I didn't know why. And I think that that's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, it serves a purpose that is very clear to see and understand. Yeah. The thing that I didn't like about it is the voiceover and, like, the weird editing of, like, zooming in and out on him, like, to show anxiety. And I was like, eh. I have. I feel like I'm in, like, a weird video game right now. I have listed under weaknesses the eye zoom and pulse. Yeah, like, (laughs) the pulse. Yeah, it's, I didn't like that part. And it just kind of, it took me out of the movie, if I'm Mm -hmm. being perfectly honest. But I really, what I like about the voiceover is the way that you hear other people's voices, like, repeat things that you've already heard, and then hear his own voice overtake those every time. Mm -hmm. I think that I like that. It's a good use of sound. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Career-driven girl. Mm -hmm. That trope, right? Like, that's her to a T. Disapproving parents and Mm -hmm. love is a weakness, right? The dad doesn't think that love is a good thing for her, for her career, all that. He disapproves of... Peter, I keep wanting to call him Paul, but that's because it's his real Paul Peter. Like, he is Paul, but he's playing Peter. Yes. Oof, it's going to be hard for me on this one. (laughs) I like the moment when Peter calls her and he says, don't say anything. (laughs) Yes. And then it's her dad. Yes. And he's like, oh, shoot. And I think he does a little spin. It's like this silly little, silly little goofy moment. He's just a silly goofy guy. Yeah, it's cute. It's also like, oh, he's such a dork. Mm -hmm. Oh, my gosh. Because it's Paul Bettany. It's not like... 
Yes. You know, some hunky, hunky guy. It's not like if it was Chris Hemsworth or something, you know? Yes. Chris yes. Hemsworth does that and he spins. It's like, this feels weird. Yeah. <laughs> you're trying to be a dork, but you're you. In bringing us back to tropes, actually, the Romeo and Juliet of it all. Mm-hmm. It, like, is kind of looming the star-crossed lovers that yeah. they can't be together. But it really hits me of being a Romeo and Juliet moment when he's climbing the... Right? When he's yeah. climbing up the building to her terrace. Yes. And you have a dog barking at him. Yes. And he's, like, doing it in the most clumsy way possible. Mm-hmm. And it's, again, where it's, like, if this was some, like, hunky, hot, right? classic rom-com leading man, you would have felt, like, weird about that. Yeah, which I've said before, one of my, like, barriers for entry for a rom-com is mm-hmm. I, ha- I like, I want to watch a rom-com where I think the guy's hot. Yeah, I'm not like a big Paul Bettany fan. <laughs> I'm not like, wow, look at him. But in this movie, I'm fine with it. I think the movie is so strong, mm-hmm. and it's weird because it's such a little movie. It didn't, it didn't yes. go big at the box office, and yet it feels really strong to me, mm-hmm. and it overcomes that barrier that I have. Yeah, which is tough to do for me sometimes. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I think it's interesting that this movie is one that we both love. Mm-hmm. And it both has two of the things that we, like, are problems for us. It yeah. has the voiceover. It has the unconventional mm-hmm. leading man. It, like... Yeah. It, we we should <laughs> Paul Bettany unconventional. <laughs> Very conventionally attractive. He is. And yet, for me, not enough. He's, he's just not the kind of attractive that is traditionally cast in rom-com. Yeah, he doesn't look like Chris Evans or Chris Hemsworth or any of the other Chrises. He, he doesn't look like a Chris. Yeah. Yeah, there he looks you go. Like a Paul. He looks like a Paul. <laughs> Celebrity love, like we mentioned, mm-hmm. that story trope. And then uh, the underdog story. And this is something interesting. The underdog story isn't really part of his romance, but it is. I'll come back in two seconds. Mm-hmm. The underdog story is him coming back and winning Wimbledon and that whole thing, right? That's not a rom-com trope. It's just, like, a movie trope. And yeah. I feel like it's a sports trope, really. Mm-hmm. Most sports movies, I think, are underdog stories, right? Would you I'm say tr- most? I'm trying to think of ones that aren't. I know. It's tricky. I mean, like, Field of Dreams isn't really an underdog story. But, yeah. like, eh. Anyway. <laughs> How it is an underdog story, though, in the romance. He, he has a rival for both his romance and mm-hmm. in tennis, and that's Jake Hammond, Mm-hmm. played by Austin Nichols of One Tree Hill fame. And it's odd to have a underdog story in the romance. Mm-hmm. Like, that's actually not that uncommon either. But it's weird to have it in the profession and in the romance and the rival be the same guy. It's just kind of odd. As I was yeah. thinking about it, I was like, oh, this is like, this feels weird. This feels unusual. And he's who, we were talking about, like, the villain thing earlier. Mm -hmm. He's who I would call the villain of the movie. Totally. But he's never right. He's never (laughs) right. He's, like, this weird little teenage brat. He feels so much younger than both of them. Yes. Very strange. He's like if Troy Bolton never had any character development. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly it. (laughs) The best friend. Peter has a best friend who is Dieter. Peter and Dieter. Okay. And I don't think they ever say Peter and Dieter. And that's such a missed opportunity. It was something that I didn't even realize until I was, like, writing my notes. Mm -hmm. I was like, that's not his name. Is that really his name? Yeah, it is. And also, he's in The Other Woman, which we watched the same night we watched this. That's kind of funny. Most people know him from Game of Thrones. (laughs) 
Not <laughs> us. Of, we know he was in it. We just don't care. <laughs> we just don't know him from that. Yeah. We don't know about that show at all. I know that Sophie Turner was also in it. And Richard Madden. And that's what I got for you. And we're moving on. The getting ready montage. Oh my it's gosh. It's the guy doing the getting ready montage. Mm-hmm. Unusual and cool, I guess. I think we see his butt, and I don't like that. <laughs> we, I don't want that. Do. I don't. I don't want to see his butt. <laughs> also, he's like, he shaves his face, and he like gets a little nick, and he mm-hmm. puts the paper on it, whatever, and then yeah. he's kind of a dork when he gets there, and he has paper on his face. Yes. Yep. Okay. I have a hot take. Okay. And you like seeing his butt? No, that's not <laughs> it at all. But I'm just thinking about, we've discussed the male-led rom-com mm-hmm. multiple times now. It's better when he's quirky. I think so, yeah. He's got to have something that makes him fun and different. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you don't really want to watch like a male that is like a piece of toast, you know, be he- the lead. But and I also, often like, our male leads in a rom-com are a little bit toast-like, mm-hmm. right? And we don't mind. No. But we don't want to see, like, their perspective because they're a piece of toast. Yeah. Like, they're, they're yeah. not that deep. Mm-hmm. So you need to have, like, a dorky, because dorky and quirky is the way. Mm-hmm. The way in. It's the way in, and mm-hmm. it's the way that men in rom-coms are given, they're even either given, like, Hot man. Smooth. Wow. Yeah. Nothing under the surface. Or they're given, like, dorky guy. Yeah. And I, if, if he's going to lead the story, I need him to be dorky. Yeah. I like when it's a smooth, like, hot, gotcha mm-hmm. guy, and then you find out he's dorky. Well, that's, that's the ideal. That's the ideal. And I think Crazy Stupid Love is yeah. the ticket there. More tropes. We have more, Haley. Uh, secret relationship. Mm-hmm. Rain. <laughs> the rain in this movie. There's, there's a decent amount of rain. Mm-hmm. Uh, we won't go into it at the moment. Luck and superstition. That's totally part of the movie. I don't know mm-hmm. that it's really a trope, but I put it here anyway. Mm-hmm. And then we have a public declaration of love, which, oof. At the airport, at my too. heartstrings. Just really does it. Yeah, I forgot there's a crosstown chase. There's an airport. There's an airport. It's also at a sports court, which we've oh, yes. discussed. How did I miss these? Yeah. Yeah. The way that they were able to, like, because the two iconic places that we yeah. found uh-huh. for a grand romantic speech to happen is either at a sports arena or at, at an, an airport. airport. The way they were able to do both. They really, <laughs> they really did it. Um... I really love this public declaration of love. Mm-hmm. I think it's a really good one. It's really sweet. It's really genuine. I like, too, that he's, like, he has to apologize, and he does it well, I think. He mm-hmm. does it in a in a good way of, like, people think that she let me down, but I let her down. But listen, you, you, you may have read about Lizzie Bradbury and myself being involved, so to speak. I'd, I'd like to take this opportunity to set the record straight. I read the papers this morning and um, they seem to imply that Lizzie had let me down in some way. That's just not the case. The truth is I let her down. I let her down and for that I'll always be truly sorry. Listen, I'm, I'm not in the habit of pouring my heart out on television. Not really in the habit of pouring my heart out at all. Lizzie, sweetheart, something I think you ought to see. So this comes out Forgive me. Lizzie Bradbury 
Busy is the reason that I'm here today. That's all I really came here to say. So. It's really nice because it's like protecting her public reputation, mm-hmm. which, yeah, you should, dude. Like, mm-hmm. you were not so awesome the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. And he says, and that's a regret that I'll always live with. Mm-hmm. So it also doesn't feel like a, I am only saying this to mm-hmm. get her back. It feels like a, I'm saying this because I screwed up. Mm-hmm. I'm saying it because I mean it. Yeah. No matter what. Mm-hmm. I love when we get so serious about these movies. <laughs> uh, okay, continuing on. How yes. is the chemistry? It's so good. It's so good, and it's confusing to me that it's so it's good. like, it shouldn't be this good. I think that he is such a dork, and then he has this, like confidence that kind of comes out of nowhere he's mm-hmm. so charming and confident mm-hmm. despite your expectation of him right like he we've been introduced to him as this underdog guy so you're not going to expect him to be confident mm-hmm. and then when he meets her he stumbles over his words a little bit but he's still confident mm-hmm. it's this weird little combo there that's really impressive her face right after they meet when he leaves mm-hmm. is so good she like covers her mouth and kind of giggles like Oh my gosh, she has like a twinkle in her eye. Yeah, and yeah. It's, a, it's a very, like, I don't want to call it a classic meet-cute because but, we haven't seen a meet-cute that's this setup before, mm-hmm. but it's like a very, like, they hit all the... Yeah. They hit it all. Yeah, which we skipped over the meet-cute question. Haley, is there a meet-cute? Absolutely. Without yes. a doubt. He walks into her hotel room, which has been accidentally given to him. Mm-hmm. She's in the shower, they have this little awkward back-and-forth moment. Mm-hmm. But it's clear that they're both, like, kind of interested in each other in yeah. that moment. And then they run into each other at the tennis court and introduce themselves. Exactly. In the room, there's a couple little lines in there where he says... And may I say good body? Luck. Shit. He means to say good luck. Yeah. he says good body because... He, that's what he's thinking and seeing. Mm-hmm. And then he also says, I'm going to go down, down to the front desk and thank them for this dreadful error. A great little line of saying, like, yep. I'm sorry that I barged in, but also I'm not sorry because look at you. Wow. Look at us. Yeah. Who would have thunk? Not me. <laughs> Later, when they meet again on the tennis court, she says, sorry, wrong court. Mm-hmm. Which is one of those callbacks we've mentioned yes. where it's calling back to that scene of the wrong room and then the wrong court. It's all wrong, but it's all right. So true. Because love is coming. Mm-hmm. On the court, they have another back and forth. They mm-hmm. have great banter and, like, flirtiness mm-hmm. where they kind of challenge each other to hit the tennis ball cans across mm-hmm. the court. So at first it's like, what is it? If you hit it, if you hit this one, I'll buy you fish and chips. So it's like he's asking her out. Yep. Without asking her out. It's like she has to win the date in a way. Yeah. But it's like, well, she's so good she could choose to hit it or not hit mm-hmm. it. Right? She has an out. And then she challenges him back and says if he hits the next one, she'll sleep with him. But she says it while he's, like, swinging, and so he misses. And um, it's pretty funny. He's also known to choke when there's pressure is, like, part of his character's thing. Mm -hmm. And she knows that. Like, everyone knows that Mm -hmm. about this character. So it's, like, funny that she would do that. It's pretty cute. It's that thing I've said of, like, I've got your number. Mm -hmm. I know you. Can't get away from me. I didn't put it under iconic scenes because I wanted us, or, like, iconic things, because I wanted us to wait a minute to talk about it because I didn't want to open with it. Mm-hmm. Their chemistry in yes. the scene 
where they are at the abandoned tennis court at nighttime. Yes. Playing imaginary tennis. Yes. It's incredible. It's really sweet. And at the end of that scene, they have a kiss. Mm-hmm. We've talked about some of the kisses before. I think in my Big Fat Greek Wedding, we were like, that kiss made me uncomfortable. It was just too much. Yeah. Right? And this kiss was a really good one. It's a really it's good kiss. It's simple to get the right kiss on screen. And the kisses in this movie were really good. They were really mm-hmm. sweet. And there were a lot of them. Yes. Which we'll come back to later. Because it's part of Together Time, which we know how I feel about that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's a really sweet date that they have where they're at the tennis court. And I like that she's, like, wearing his clothes because they went out to his house in Brighton and Mm -hmm. all that. It's really sweet. Their first date with the fish and chips in her, I wanted to say dorm room. In her dorm room? (laughs) In her hotel room, the fish and chips. It starts with them hooking up. Like, they Mm -hmm. hook up before they eat fish and chips. Yeah. For research to see if it's helpful before a match. Yeah. It's like a, whoa, okay, I guess we're just starting. And Mm -hmm. you think maybe we're going to do, like, a friends with benefits type story. But no, it, like, is then immediately, like, actually becomes relationship. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's kind of an unusual relationship in a rom-com. Yes. I don't know that we've seen this kind of storyline before of these steps. Mm -hmm. Something else that's really interesting about it is he is older than her, and that's clear in the movie. Mm -hmm. But she clearly holds the power Mm -hmm. in their dynamic Mm -hmm. in the sense that, like, she's the one deciding it's time for them to hook up. Yeah. Yeah. She totally, like, keeps him on his toes. Mm -hmm. He's like, oh, my gosh, this girl. Wow. Okay. The moment that really solidifies them, I think, is the sushi date. Mm -hmm. Which I don't remember exactly when in the movie that happens, but he was losing the day before until he saw her watching him. So it's like... She gave him the confidence, and she helped, like, push him to do better and try to impress her. And then she, like, giggles and covers her face. And then he has this look on his face. His eyes are, like, looking her over like Mm -hmm. he's falling in love with her. It's really good. I have that exact moment written down. Also on that date, she mentions, like, the first time she saw him play or the first time she saw him or something. And it's a really cute thing of, like, she liked him before she met him. Like, she knew who he was. Mm -hmm. It's just this sweet little reveal of... There's more behind the scenes, and there was, like, a crush, it seems like, before. Yes. Right? Yeah. Yeah, it's very cute. And then they immediately, after that, they stroll in the park to a love song and see a comet. so true that they do. The comet... Okay, should we talk about it now? Well, yes, we should. <laughs> what? Why is there a Why comet? Why is it there? My guess, my guess is the comet is supposed to tell us, like, oh, because the whole thing is, like, she's his good luck. Mm-hmm. Right? So he has to sleep with her, and then the next day he wins. Mm-hmm. Whoa, that's a pretty crazy element of the movie that, like, when you think about it too much, you're like, oh, wow, yikes. That's rough. Yeah. But I think the comet is supposed to be like, no, 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 it's not her that's the good luck, it's the comet. When the mm-hmm. comet's in the sky, he plays well. Cool. Right? Is that what they're trying to tell us? Like, that, that actually, like, that's not the good luck, this is the good luck. I'm like, there doesn't need to be a good luck thing, he could just be, like, doing better. I wonder if part of it is that element of, like, superstition, where it's, like, everything is different on that last day, Mm -hmm. and it's, like, he hasn't, he doesn't have her, the comet's out of the sky. (laughs) (laughs) I I guess. I think they're just trying to, I don't know what they're trying to do. The comet didn't need to be in the movie. Yeah, it's definitely symbolism for something. 
what we're unclear on. Unsure. Yeah. I don't know. Whatever. I don't need the comment. Maybe they named their kid the comment. The comment. <laughs> Those are the two kids. The yeah, and the comment. Um, when they pretend they haven't met before, that's a really mm-hmm. cute moment of their chemistry. And there's a great little line in there where John Favreau's character is there, who mm-hmm. I don't know his name. Just gonna call him John Favreau. He introduces them, yes. and then they say, if it works out, he can have ten percent of their kids. Well, well, well. If this works out, do I get the? You can uh, have ten percent of our kids. <laughs> At that same party is when we get him punching. Oh my! His Jake. Yes, Jake, Jake Hammond. Hammond. Yeah. That party is a fun little moment because then they leave in, like, a getaway car. Mm -hmm. And there's, like, the paparazzi (laughs) and it's a great little, like, celebrity moment, which Mm -hmm. is really fun to play with in a movie. I've seen a lot of movies where they do, like, the celebrity falling in love trope. And they don't take advantage of, like, that part of it. Of it feels crazy. It feels Mm -hmm. chaotic. It feels like a whirlwind and all the flashing lights and the red carpets and fancy parties. They Mm -hmm. don't do that. I'm like... Then why are you doing this trope? What are you doing? Ten years is an exception. I don't need to elaborate. Yes. Another cute little chemistry moment is the morning in Brighton. He calls her Leslie, I think, on accident. Mm -hmm. It's like a joke or whatever. And then she twists his hand. It's just a sweet little moment showing how close they are and their sweet little funny, bantery dynamic. When he sneaks into her room and she tells him to go, Mm -hmm. he has a great line where he says, People have fallen in love before, you know? And she says, oh, is that what we're doing here? People have fallen in love before, you know. Oh, is that what we're doing here? I love her lines. I love her lines. She's a fun character. And I've seen characters like her in rom-coms before, but she feels a little bit different to me. She's got this sharpness to her that I just love. Mm -hmm. It's a big part of the character is that she is fierce. She's intense, and Mm -hmm. she will fight on the court, and she will push back. She's not afraid, and I love that. And yet we see her on her personal side. (laughs) She has that toughness still, but she's also really sweet and gentle and falls in love. Mm -hmm. It's fun. I love it. It It's fun to see someone who is so tough and kind. Mm -hmm. Often, if a character is tough, they're lumped in with being mean Mm -hmm. and it's so fun to see a character on screen that is prickly and snarky. Mm-hmm. But at her core, we see these like really good values and is really kind to people mm-hmm. and cares about others. And it's like fun to see a character like that on screen. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's unusual and it's really special. And mm-hmm. I think that both of us probably when we see those characters mm-hmm. kind of latch onto them and yeah. just are really excited to see them every time because mm-hmm. it's rare. The locker room scene at the very end. This is where I'm going to bring up a Cinderella story, Uh which came out the same year. It came out the same year? Yeah, it did. And what's fascinating to me is that they have, like, this similar scene, and that I immediately, this time watching it, was like, oh, it's like a Cinderella story. I've never thought that before with this movie, but this time I couldn't not see it. Yeah, I didn't even clock that that was on your list of rom-coms at the beginning. Yeah, it's the rain and Uh then the big speech and the locker room, except in this movie it's a sweet locker room moment, and Mm -hmm. it's just the two of them. In a Cinderella story, it's obviously a very different kind of moment where she has a great little, like, angry speech. Very good. But in that seen in this movie in the locker room i love the way that they do this scene the dialogue that she has is great because she tells him don't apologize to me i love you Mm -hmm. and then she keeps talking 
And he's like, what did you say? And she's like, I said, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, no, 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 before that. And she says, I love you. It's a really good way to do the I love you moment Mm -hmm. in the movie. I really enjoyed it. Why are you British apologizing all the time? Don't apologize to me. I love you. Apologize to the people who are rooting for you out there. I said that the whole country has been waiting. I said I love you. Then she helps him beat Jake Hammond by, like, telling him, like, you got to read his serve. You got to do this. I'm going to give you, like, real advice now because I do the same job you do so I can help you here. Yeah. It's cute. And I love that even though this whole time it's kind of been, like, she's his good luck charm. Mm -hmm. She's not luck. No. And nothing about what she's done for him has been luck. No. It has been about his confidence Mm -hmm. and the way that she truly believes in him. Yes. And it's been about her. Her ability to give him advice. Yeah. It's kind of an odd relationship Mm -hmm. because there is like the professional advice, which is just an odd extra element on top. Yeah. And I really like it because it's like she's the one that's on top of her game. Mm -hmm. It's the girl that's like has this awesome career success and is younger but more successful right now and is Mm -hmm. able to help him. It's a cool little moment. I also like that jumping way ahead at the end of the movie, the flash forward. Mm -hmm. He wins Wimbledon at the end of the movie. And then the flash forward, he says she won Wimbledon and the U.S. Open, but she won Wimbledon twice. Yeah. Awesome. Because it's like, she better. Like, come on. Are you kidding me? She's a better tennis player than him. Like, there's no doubt about it. Yeah. Where have we seen this story before? Shakespeare, you said. Shakespeare. Yeah. The Romeo and Juliet type Mm -hmm. thing. But it's like only partially because it's like his, her dad is not Mm -hmm. approving of it. He never mentions the age thing, right? Like, does anyone really mention the age thing? Only Peter Colt. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, it's got a Romeo and Juliet element. Mm -hmm. It also has a lot of just sports movie elements, right? Mm -hmm. Fever Pitch, and that one doesn't have athletes in it, so it's kind of different, but I had to put it in here. It came out the next year, and it's a sports Mm rom-com. The ones that are more maybe appropriate and more comparable would be Blue Crush, Cutting Edge, Just Right, Chalet Girl, and then Trainwreck? Yeah. Was on a list of sports movies, because technically it exists in the sports world. True. I would also maybe put Jerry Maguire on that list. Yes. Yeah. Trainwreck, Jerry Maguire are sports in a Mm -hmm. similar way. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I think Jerry Maguire is more sports than, like, the sports play a role in the movie more than they do in Trainwreck. Um, Also, Just Right, only one of them. Like, it's like, these are, they're they're close enough. They're sports adjacent. Yeah. They have sports. They have athletes. Mm-hmm. Not everyone in the couple, but, you know. Yeah. Underdog sports stories. Yes. Yeah. We mentioned it before, but a lot of sports movies have mm-hmm. the underdog thing, which is going to give it a similar feel to this movie. Is it funny? Yes. Yeah. It's funny. Um, I wrote brother character. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Because he's supposed to be funny, mm-hmm. right? He's kind of funny. Yes. I think that the character that, to me, their jokes work the most is the John Favreau character. Mm-hmm. And he's also a character that's built to be funny. Yeah. We typically don't love when that's a character's only job is to mm-hmm. be funny, and the brother's only job is be funny. Yeah. It's not It's not great, but it's fine. Like, he brings in some other characters that really, like, yeah. help. Like, there's the moment with the girls at peter's house mm-hmm. right and they're asking for pictures and she says can i take a picture digital <laughs> can i take a picture oh you bloody can't digital 
It's just a weird little moment. It's yeah. funny. It made me giggle. John Favreau has a great funny moment. I wouldn't say great, but it's fine. Yeah. Our rom-com is pretty good. Yeah. At the finals, he's on the phone and he's like, I don't care who wins. They're both my clients. Mm-hmm. That's like asking me which kid I love the most. Which kid do I love the most? My daughter. Gotta go. Call you back. <laughs> it's like a stupid little thing. It's a one-sided phone call. The mm-hmm. one-sided telephone call. <laughs> um, but it's pretty good. It's decent. It's a it's a joke and it works. It's, yeah. It's fine. In that same moment, he has, like, after he wins, he's, like, listing the people to call. And he goes, call Oprah! Call Kimmel! It's <laughs> <laughs> so funny to me. <laughs> call Kimmel! <laughs> okay. Do they, they care about Kimmel in the UK? I don't know. But the way that the staircase was building, I was like, it's so funny that we're ending on Kimmel. Yeah, that is pretty good. He also has the line that he, like, comes out of the bathroom and was on the phone and says to Peter, while his back is hurt, he's like, you're the new face of the Frito-Lay chip, surprisingly zesty. (laughs) That's you. (laughs) And it's like the sales pitch of it is so funny to me. That's a good one. Their meet-cute is funny, right? Mm -hmm. They have those cute little lines that we talked about. Oh, another weird bit Mm -hmm. that is definitely a joke. Mm -hmm. I didn't laugh, but I did. I was like, that was really weird. Mm -hmm. Was he's interviewing to be the, like, tennis director at this country club. Mm -hmm. And the guy is selling him on it. And he goes over to the tennis court and starts jumping up and down and goes, surprisingly springy. (laughs) (laughs) Like... (laughs) What? <laughs> I totally missed that. I did not clock that at all. I don't even remember that. What else do I have here? Let's see. Oh. oh. Go for it. Okay. I was going to say, um, she tells him, after they sleep together, she says, you can't tell it. Like, no one can know about this. Mm-hmm. And he says, I had a press conference planned. Mm-hmm. He's funny to her. Like, she laughs at his jokes. Yes. They find each other really funny. Mm-hmm. And that makes it really charming. Mm -hmm. It adds to the movie and it's really sweet. I feel like in rom-coms we don't often see them laughing at each other's jokes. Yeah. That's kind of uncommon. It's like they're like too tough to laugh or they don't want to laugh. It's like, Mm -hmm. no, 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 we're not going to laugh. It's you guys laugh. The audience laugh. You know, behind that fourth wall, there can be laughter. But in here, there is none. Quiet. And that adds to their chemistry. Yeah, it really does. It like is a big part of their chemistry. Another moment that I think is funny and really aids the plot is in his first press conference mm-hmm. when he says, and I'm announcing my retirement from tennis, yeah. but Jake Hammond has just walked in uh-huh. and everyone's attention goes to him and he goes, yeah. that's my retirement from tennis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And no one's listening. Yeah. It's like a perfect movie moment. Mm-hmm. And then because it's like setting up the comeback where he's going to beat Jake and the whole thing is great. Absolutely. Yeah. When he comes into his second press conference, he says, I thought I'd done the last of these ones or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's a cute little laugh. The, the press all laughs. It's a and fun little moment. And one of them moment. says, me too. Yes. Yeah, which is great. And mm-hmm. Peter's like, yeah, haha, whatever. Yeah. He's not offended. He's just like, yep, we all thought the same thing here. Mm-hmm. When he sneaks into Lizzie's room and that whole scene happens, but she says, good thing you didn't go to the wrong room. Uh-huh. He has one of his like classic Peter lines. He's always got the right little line to throw. And he says, I did, but your dad is a very quick shag. Good thing you didn't get the wrong room. I did, but your dad's a very quick shag. <laughs> Which is so funny. Very funny. And again, I think she laughs. And mm-hmm. they're always laughing at each other's jokes. It's sweet. It's cute. I like it. Okay, biggest strength and biggest weakness. I have mm-hmm. lots of things written here. Yeah. Let's see. 
Where to start? Where to start? The sets. Mm-hmm. I really liked his family's house. There's, like, a really cool British kitchen, like, totally British. Yeah. Right? The house, I, that's the other thing I had written in, iconic. Yeah. The garden is mm-hmm. stunning. There's the tree house that his dad, I think, lives in, right? Yes. Because his parents aren't together anymore, um, but they live together. The score is very good in this mm-hmm. movie. There's, like, a sneakiness to it and a tension to it that adds to, like, their flirty banter. Yes. The tension of the stakes of the tennis. It's a good score. Lizzie's character. She's an intense female athlete. Mm -hmm. Really cool. And yet, all the things you said earlier, she's still kind and good. Mm -hmm. And she's intense. It's great. You'll love to see it. Mm -hmm. I kind of was looking for a way to sum up all of the strengths in this week, Mm -hmm. in this movie. And I kind of came to everything feels intentional. Yeah. It's those little callbacks are a huge Mm -hmm. strength. Mm -hmm. Um... Does the comet feel intentional? Well, there's an exception. <laughs> there's the, there it is. The brother and the comet, we can yeah, set to the side. But, like, the way that things return in this movie mm-hmm. feels so intentional and carefully placed, mm-hmm. which I think is a huge strength. Yeah. I felt like the stories outside of the love story weren't too obnoxious. Mm-hmm. Even the brother. Like, he's making bets against Peter. Yeah. That storyline was like, okay, cool. Like, that's fine. Mm-hmm. I can enjoy that. I often will get annoyed when we change scenes and it's not the couple anymore. I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, what is this? Like, get me back to, like, why I'm here. In this movie, I didn't have that feeling as much. Absolutely. People served a purpose. Like, um, Favreau's character, he's an agent for... I think he's an agent for Lizzie and for Peter. Mm -hmm. And so there's a moment where he says he wants Peter to keep playing well. So he's like, I want Peter to be with her because I want Mm -hmm. him to keep playing well. But also he doesn't want the dad, he doesn't want the dad to fire him. Mm -hmm. And the dad doesn't want Peter with Lizzie. So it's like this complicated thing. Ultimately, it leads to Favreau telling Peter where Lizzie is. Like right now, I'm very, very afraid. If you don't see that girl again, it's going to mess with your head. It'll screw up your confidence. On the other hand, I'm terrified. I'm petrified that if I tell you where that girl is camped out, her father's going to fire my ass. Where's the girl camped out room? 32 Kensington Place. First floor apartment. He serves a purpose. Serves a story. Even the brother Mm -hmm. is the one who takes the photo that leaks, that tips off the dad, that they're together. Yeah. Like... It it's does. a puzzle, mm-hmm. and it fits together aside from the comet. <laughs> I would. I'm curious if there is a reason for the comet. If the filmmakers done some research yeah, on that. If I the guess. filmmakers want to have a conversation with us, we are so open to comet explanation. So, yeah, we would love to talk to the people that made this movie. I'm sure they want to talk to us. Well, I feel like of the movies that we've discussed, the people who made Ten Years and the people who made Wimbledon might be the most willing to chat with most us. Most likely, yeah. Jake Hammond is an unnecessary one, but still mm-hmm. adds to the story in mm-hmm. a way, I guess. Like, like, okay, that's enough. We need, like, the villain mm-hmm. for his tennis story, right? It makes it more powerful than him just, like, beating another tennis player. Yeah. One of the little things that I didn't pay attention to in previous watches of this movie, mm-hmm. his success bonds his parents and gets his parents back together. Mm-hmm. What's cool about that story is... It's getting the parents back together without, like, conniving or scheming or plotting and without Peter even knowing. Mm-hmm. He's not part of that story at all. He's yeah. not an active participant in it. He's just off playing tennis, and it happens to bond his parents. It's cool. There's no responsibility on him, mm-hmm. no pressure. 
it's just a cool little, like, extra perk when he wins everything. He's like, oh, sweet, this too? That's great. Okay, yeah. cool. Love it. Everything's falling into place for Peter Cold. <laughs> the reasons for their breakups are mm-hmm. strength for me because they make sense. Mm-hmm. Often it's just a miscommunication thing, but in this movie it makes sense. The first split is her dad doesn't want them together, and so to appease her dad, she's like, okay, I'm done until after the tournament. Mm-hmm. And then the second time... They fight after her loss. Mm-hmm. And she says, the only thing you fell in love with this week was winning. And she, then she has that line about love means nothing in tennis, right? It's Their breakup makes sense because mm-hmm. she lost and she's mad at him because he came into her room and they were up all night. Like, mm-hmm. And her dad has told her, mm-hmm. if you fall in love, it's going to throw you off your rhythm and you're going to lose. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what happened. Like, she got distracted. Mm-hmm. Also, it's like, that happens. People lose. And then they yeah. come back and they win, which she did, as we know from It the also, end. when we see her lose, it talks about, like, superstition and how, like, mm-hmm. one thing will be off. Mm-hmm. And it shows the broken cord in her tennis racket. Yep. And it it's, leads us to believe that, like, oh, it could be because she was distracted. Mm-hmm. But it also could be just because athletes sometimes get in their own way. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. The movie has a lot of together time, which I really like. So I like when time. we get them actually being a couple, right? And we actually get to fully see them falling in love. Mm-hmm. Not the thing of, like, it takes forever, and then at the end of the movie, they finally kiss. No, no. I don't love that. I like it sometimes, but I like when they're together and we get that together time. Yeah. We get lots of it in this. We get that fake tennis match, like you said. Mm-hmm. We get their morning jog together. They escape to Brighton together and have all those moments. It's good. It's really... Fun to get that together time, and it's good together time. Such good together time. It's not time. boring. Sometimes it's really boring, mm-hmm. and in this movie it's good. That is, I think, how we get that Roger Eber review where it says it's a movie where good things happen to people. Mm-hmm. Right? I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. When he beats his best friend, Dieter, <laughs> and then they stay friends and there's nothing to yep. it, I loved that. It was so unusual. Their right? friendship is so... I love seeing their friendship. Yeah, a male friendship on screen that isn't just, like, superficial garbage. Yeah. It was cool. It was it's, a sweet friendship. It's so fun to see two men in a rom-com not talk about women. And I know that that's, mm-hmm. like, the opposite of the Bechdel test. Mm-hmm. Is like, you want to have two female characters that talk about something other than a man. Mm-hmm. Well, in the rom-com, if you're going to have two male characters mm-hmm. together, they're talking about a woman. Yeah. And... Usually it doesn't bother me mm-hmm. until I see this movie and I'm like, it's fun that they didn't. Yeah, it's cool. It's just like, oh, you guys are just like, everything about this movie adds up to just make it feel a little bit different from your regular rom-com. Mm-hmm. And yet the look and feel is still very classic rom-com, right? Yes. And we yeah. still get that, like, it's such a good love story. Yes. It really is a really strong love story. Mm-hmm. Another strength is his kindness. Like, he's really... The, mm-hmm. He's leaving for his final match, and the maid says, good luck. And he, like, looks her in the eye and says a genuine thank you. Mm-hmm. He has the same, like, ball boy, and he's always yeah. really nice to the ball boy. Ball boy gets hit, and then he's like, that's it. Now I'm going to beat Jake because he hit the ball boy. Mm-hmm. You know, he's a very kind person. It's really sweet. Um, and then the ending. He finds her in the crowd, and we get, like, that big, amazing moment. Before that, even, we get the declaration of love on television. Mm-hmm. And then we get the flash forward, and we see them happy with two kids living in New York, and Lizzie has gone on to win the U.S. Open and Wimbledon twice. Yep. Really strong ending. 
some weaknesses because mm-hmm. we have to talk about it. Absolutely. The weird editing, which you described as the pulsing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's weird tennis editing, mm-hmm. like in and out, uh, yeah. intense. It feels weird. It does feel weird. And there's some of it that I like. I love that we get the ball's perspective. But yeah. Everything else. I'm like, just calm down. Yeah. Yeah, just, like, chill just a little bit. This doesn't feel like a rom-com. This feels like something else. I don't quite know. The comet is also a weakness. And we've talked about it enough. Mm -hmm. The manic pixie dream girl. We have to talk about it for a Uh second, but not long, because she's not a manic pixie dream girl. But I could understand the argument that she is. Yes, I can totally understand how people could falsely categorize her Mm -hmm. as a manic pixie dream girl. But I'm going to read some things for you here. So... The term Manic Pixie Dream Girl was coined by Nathan Rabin, and here's something from him. She exists solely in the fevered imaginations of sensitive writer-directors to teach broodingly soulful young men to embrace life and infinite mysteries and adventures. Mm -hmm. So the Manic Pixie Dream Girl exists only to add to a male protagonist's story with help, advice, etc. She has no inner life and purpose It's just about assisting the growth of this protagonist. Generally, it's a Mm -hmm. man. I don't think that that's the case with this character. Another reason, though, that it's really easy to see that, like a lot of that stuff I just read there, you're like, yeah, Mm -hmm. pieces of this apply to her. The term was created by this guy, Nathan Rabin, in discussing the movie Elizabethtown, in which the character, the original Manic Pixie Dream Girl, is Mm -hmm. played by Kirsten Dunst. So, of course, there's going to be that question there. Mm Mm-hmm. I see the elements of it, but you can't, it doesn't fit. It doesn't fit. It's more Mm -hmm. about like this free spirit energy where Mm -hmm. she gets the guy to embrace life and opportunity and like be free. Right? Yes. Yeah. You can't argue that she has no inner life of her own. Right? (laughs) Like, (laughs) come on. (laughs) She is, we see her arguing on the court as Mm -hmm. one of the first scenes we see of her. Yeah. And that tells us right there. She is her own person. Like Mm -hmm. she is on it. Yeah. We also have comments from her dad about how she, like, hooks up with random guys at every tennis tournament. <laughs> and it's like, she's like, yeah. why not? Yeah. She's like, having fun. Like, she, I can see how from the advice and serving a male protagonist, like, mm-hmm. I can see how she gets grouped in. But she's different. But she's different. And I don't think that she often does get grouped in. And part of that is probably that this movie doesn't have a massive following. People are talking about it. We're really leading the charge <laughs> here, I think. But still, mm-hmm. she could very easily get put in that category. It's just not true. Is the casting good, and who could make it better? Love this casting. Me too. Me too. I love this casting. I played the game. Okay. And I have some names. Okay. Kira Knightley? Yeah. Yeah, I could see it. I love Kira Knightley. She's mm-hmm. in the movie Laggies, which is one of my yes. favorites. Big fan of her. I think she could do this role pretty well. Yeah, I think so too. Um... Anne Hathaway is the other name I remember. Yeah, I thought Anne Hathaway, and then I didn't write it because we had just done... We had just done Princess Diaries 2. Yeah, so it was hard to put that name, Mm -hmm. but I totally see it, and that was one of my first instincts. Mm -hmm. It's like, yeah, of course. Yeah. No doubt. Um, A little bit playing the Marvel game as we need to with Wimbledon, apparently. Yes, it's it's kind of a Marvel movie. You know, if we're being really honest, this is a Marvel movie. It basically takes place in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Essentially, yeah. Tom Hiddleston? Ooh, I did not think of that, but I love that. Well, you know what made me think it. What? <laughs> the getaway car. <laughs> did you think it as I said that? Yes. Oh my gosh, wow. Uh, 
Um, wow, yeah, I love that. I don't, I wish I had a female actress on my list that would make sense with him, mm-hmm. but I don't. But I do have some ideas. Okay, give me your thoughts. Did you have any more? I also had Ryan Gosling written down, but I don't feel mm. great about it. I don't feel as great about it, I but was, I love him. I was like, male character, male character, yeah, yeah. can I, be dorky. Yeah, but like, it's but really, like, it's harder for Ryan Gosling to be dorky, mm-hmm. and often the way that, that he is dorky is with his styling. Like, they'll they'll put him in like a weird pair of glasses and like yeah. have him wear a weird mustache or something. You're right. You know, instead of like... Mm-hmm. Him really getting into that character. I also wrote down Sam Claflin. Mm, mm-hmm. Like, yeah, just like fine. Yeah, a solid British actor. Yeah, exactly. They could do it. Yeah. Okay. I said before Hugh Grant was the original actor in mind. Mm-hmm. Reese Witherspoon was also at one point supposed to play this role. This feels like a Reese Witherspoon. Yeah. And I would not have liked the movie nearly as much with Reese Witherspoon. I really like her. She's doing awesome work in mm-hmm. Hollywood with bringing back rom-coms and female stories and all of that. Something about her just bothers me sometimes. But I can't, mm-hmm. you know, deny her, her her impact, right? Like, she's really good. Absolutely. She's great. I think that she is a softer person than the characters that she's given. And sometimes that can create, like, a little bit of cognitive dissonance. Yeah. And it just doesn't always work. Yeah, I totally agree. I feel like often her characters come off a little bit snotty and bratty Mm -hmm. in a way that just doesn't work for me. So the names that I did write down were Rachel McAdams. Mm Mm-hmm. That's a good one. And then Amy Adams and Isla Fisher. They obviously look similar, so I think that they often probably have auditioned for the same roles over and over. Yeah. But they both have this, like, youthful energy and then a fierceness underneath it. Mm -hmm. I wanted to say a fieriness, but that felt stupid because they're redheads. (laughs) They have this, like, edge, this fierceness Mm -hmm. that totally leans into this Lizzie character. Yeah. The other actress I thought of, because I think it's important, Carrie Washington. The biggest female tennis star, especially the biggest female tennis star in America, Uh I mean, just the biggest tennis star, really, is Serena Williams, a black Black woman. woman. So if we're making a tennis rom-com, we need to consider some black actresses. So I have another actress written down, but I was like, I don't want to say another Marvel person, Uh which is Zendaya. Yeah. But then I was like, I can't say another another Spider-Man love interest for the role, but... Yeah. Yeah, like, come on. It, I really hope that when they made this movie that that was something that was considered. I yeah. would be shocked, but it would be a cool thing. Yeah. It would be a cool thing. Because especially, like, we see the argument on the court, and it, it does, like, it makes yeah. you think of Serena Williams. Yeah, and the way that tennis players are. Mm-hmm. T- tennis players are intense. Mm-hmm. They're an intense group of people. Yes. It's like, Serena is the one that we know because she's the GOAT, right? Yes. Like, she's just incredible, but... Other female tennis stars have also had those moments. Absolutely. Right? And, and male stars, for sure. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> no doubt there. No doubt about it. Yeah. But this Lizzie character is supposed to be the GOAT. Mm-hmm. Like, she's yeah. supposed to be that of tennis. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. For men, I have a name that is going to blow you away. But first, okay. I'm going to give you my other two. Gerard Butler and Orlando Bloom. Yeah. Yeah. Both of them could do it. and be just fine. I think it's a missed opportunity that Orlando Bloom hasn't done a rom-com. I don't think he has. He should. If he has, I haven't seen it. He should get on yeah. that. Gerard Butler, though, has done several, so he mm-hmm. could probably play this character pretty well. Yeah. I don't know that either of them could do the dorkiness of it, but I will challenge them to do it. Yeah. 
here's the name that's going to make you be like, oh, what a missed opportunity. Because age-wise, he, sh- he could have been considered Jude Law. Yeah. But Jude Law, Kirsten Dunst, doesn't work for me. Uh-uh. But if we're going to talk about Jude Law, we got to talk about Cameron Diaz. Because Cameron Diaz could have done this role. With everything we say about her every time, she's yep. got this fun energy. Mm-hmm. She's, like, a little bit fierce mm-hmm. underneath it. She's strong, but she's youthful, right? Yeah. She could have done this role, too. Jude Law, Cameron Diaz from The Holiday, reunited, doing... Great chemistry. Doing Wimbledon. <laughs> I don't know if The Holiday was before this or after, but... I think it's after. I think so, yeah. Either way, that could have been a great duo in this mm-hmm. movie. Okay, what movies does this feel similar to? It doesn't feel like many movies that I can think of mm-hmm. to me. Okay. But if you enjoyed this movie and you're a reader. Okay. <laughs> and soon you can just watch the movies. They're on their way. Yeah. I think that the way that celebrity is treated in this mm-hmm. is reminiscent of Taylor Jenkins' read books to me. Oh, okay. So very Seven Husbands of Evelyn mm-hmm. Hugo, Daisy Jones and the Six. Mm-hmm. Um, but in particular, Malibu Rising it feels similar to me to this movie. Interesting. I, I would love I if... I think it's the tennis of it all. Yeah, I guess. I would love it if Malibu Rising was done in the style of this movie. Mm-hmm. I don't think it will be. This movie <laughs> is very much 2004 rom-com. Absolutely. And that is part of the big strength for me and mm-hmm. part of why it works is that it's like, yeah, this is a rom-com. We're not trying to, like, disguise it as something else to make you think it's, like, better mm-hmm. art and, like cinema and blah 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 we're just like we are a rom-com and there's Mm -hmm. nothing wrong with that yeah yeah and it's even like though there are cinematic elements in this movie they're still identifying as a rom-com absolutely like there's no question about what genre this movie is Mm -hmm. yeah this movie feels american and british at the same time Mm -hmm. right okay we've mentioned it a couple times already on this episode but notting hill is very similar yeah it's not because it's a 90s movie but it's still Super, super similar. Mm-hmm. They use the same house. Hugh Grant was considered, was, like, supposed to do the role, really. Mm-hmm. And then it changed. So Notting Hill does British and American, celebrity, that whole thing mm-hmm. is very similar, but it's very different. And Notting Hill is such a huge movie, I don't quite know how this one just, like, kind of slid by. Because I think if you liked Notting Hill, you might like this movie. Mm-hmm. You should at least give it a try. Um, the other ones I wrote, Four Weddings and a Funeral, Bridget Jones... Love Actually. Those are all in that, like, British British. zone Mm -hmm. that kind of get put with Notting Hill. Whenever you say Notting Hill, those ones kind of follow behind. Mm -hmm. So I had to mention them. I don't recommend them based on if you liked this movie. It's, yeah. Notting Hill I do, but, yeah. Uh, Chasing Liberty, Mm kind of similar, but not really. And I haven't seen it in a long time. I've only seen it once because it's not that great. What was the cultural impact? None. <laughs> unless. Okay. Unless. <laughs> unless you're playing our fun little Marvel game at home. Unless you're a believer. Yeah. And you see the connection. This had huge, huge impact on cinema uh-huh. if you view that connection the way that we do with the Marvel thing. Yeah. Yeah. Huge impact there, actually, if we're being perfectly honest. Yeah. And you can't deny it. But that's more like the making of Wimbledon led to this. Yes. As opposed to, like, Wimbledon the movie as a finished product has this big impact or this big 
shift in genre that happens, you know? I don't think it has that. And I no. wish that it had shi- I wish that the genre was like, let's shift in a Wimbledon direction. Yeah. Could have been interesting. Yeah. Could have been. I really love this movie. So do you. We love mm-hmm. it. It's great. We want more like it. There's yes. not a lot like it, like we just said. The other cultural impact is that it's a great movie to recommend to rom-com fans mm-hmm. because most people don't know it and haven't seen it. It's a hidden treasure to uncover. Mm-hmm. I think that part of why a lot of people hadn't seen it, too, is that it wasn't available. You couldn't find it anywhere, right? Now it's included with Amazon Prime. Yeah, as of today, it's on Amazon <laughs> Prime. That stuff changes all the time. It's yeah. hard to keep up with. Hopefully it's still there for yeah. a good while and people will keep finding it. Yeah, it was just, it's been missing. It was missing for a good long time, and mm-hmm. now it's available. Go watch it. Let's wrap it up. Okay. Does it hold up? Yes. Yeah. I didn't notice anything problematic, which is part of this question. Mm-hmm. It also feels like a movie that a rom-com viewer of today mm-hmm. could watch and not have a problem with. Yeah. Like, it feels fine. It doesn't feel weird. It doesn't really feel dated, aside from maybe some of the clothes. That's the thing that dates a movie pretty quick. Yeah. Also the phones, as you said before. technology. But, yeah, it holds up really shockingly well. Yeah. Yeah. Would you recommend it? Absolutely. Yeah, I just said, I recommend this one a lot when Mm -hmm. I can remember to recommend it. Because a lot of people haven't seen it. This is, like, I call this my favorite movie all the time. Yeah. Um... I would say those three movies I showed you that night are three classic recommendations Mm -hmm. because someone like you and Wimbledon are ones that people don't really know. And Mm -hmm. then the other woman is just like fun. Fun. Yeah. Yeah. It's a fun, funny movie. Would you watch it again? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to watch it in like probably a year or two, Mm -hmm. have a little break, and then come back. It's one that I think next time I'm like watching movies with people, I'll be like, let's watch this one. Let's watch Wimbledon. Let's try that one. Yeah. Overall grade, A through F. I have to give it an A. Me too. This movie's an A. We love it. It's special to us, too, because it's It's, part of our, like, sleepover parties in high school. Yeah, and when we talk about doing this podcast, this is one that we were like, and we'll have to do Wimbledon at some point. which is so fun for us because I feel like the, you know, the girls that are like, I'm not like other girls. Like, (laughs) I knew this before you did. I knew Wimbledon. Gatekeep, you know? (laughs) All that that garbage. (laughs) Yeah, that's us with Wimbledon. Thanks for listening to Rom Commentary. We'll be back next Wednesday to break down another rom-com. To find out what movie we're talking about next or to share your thoughts on these movies, you can follow us on Instagram at rom.commentary. Special thanks to Megan Hayes for providing our theme music. We'll be back next week with more rom commentary.